You know, sometimes you will come across something on the internet that has some bad takes. That you look at it and you go, how is this even a thing? Or even if you have some extensive knowledge in it, you're like, wow, they didn't study at all. Fancy that. And you're just, you're just, you're just looking at the piece of paper and you're like, nope, it's, it's, uh, it's going to bug me. Hey, I didn't even have time to tell you how wrong you are. Actually, it's going to bug me if I don't. The With that being said, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I came across this wonderful take online about the uh, intuitive feelers, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Hello, everybody. It's uh, your friendly neighborhood INFP, and today I am going to be a not-so-friendly neighborhood INFP. I have in my hands a document, or not really a document, a art piece, um, which will be on the screen as we go over each and every little wonderful detail of it, where I am going to scrutinize the ever-living crap out of it. Actually, that went fairly well. I didn't even have to get out of my seat. So, let's start with this hilarious bad take in which I'm going to be scrutinizing with extreme prejudice. And no, I'm not going to tell you where I got it from, but if you know, you know. Starting off with the top left corner, it says the NF gang group leader, always ENFJ, the most protective personality type for their close ones. You are lucky if you have a healthy ENFJ or ENFP with you, because if you're an INFJ and an INFP, you mean jack squat. You, you are not healthy if you are an INFJ or an INFP. We'll actually get into that more uh, later into this. It's almost like it's implying that an ENFJ who has the ability to be a cult leader can't be super uh, unhealthy or an ENFP who can be extraordinarily flaky and uh, unproductive also can't be uh, super unhealthy in whatever way, shape, means. But no, 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 no. ENFJs and ENFPs, they're, they're the good ones out of this bunch. But once again, once again, uh, we're going to get into that. And I was worried for a moment as to what I wanted to talk about and lo and behold, this present just fell onto my lap while I was going about my perusal online. And I felt that I needed to talk about it. So, let's get on to the... Oh my goodness. The very fact that right at the top, as you guys will see here... Um, I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll have seen some of the stuff you, you could, you could pause or whatever and read the entire thing. Don't worry. It's going to be on and off as I go through each and every single one. But the very fact that it says diplomats, the tiny whiny feel club is already a person who, um, wants to kind of slap this group in the face, but that's okay. I've got a gauntlet for them in return. Then on the top right, it says the NF types are known for their empathy, diplomatic skills, and passionate idealism. Probably the only good thing you will hear from this set because, yes, 
This is very true of the NF types and even intuitive types in general, especially with like diplomat. Well, sometimes, well, INFPs aren't always the most diplomatic, but they can be. Uh, passion idealism, yes. Empathy, yes. Uh, diplomatic, it depends on the person because not all INFPs, ENFJs, ENFPs, and INFJs are diplomatic in that sense, but we're not here to talk about that. So. Let's get into the hilarity of the situation and go into the INFJ, which honestly reads more like what somebody would put on to a stereotypical INFP, save for um, some bits and pieces. But for example, does my pet love me? I wish my pet would talk to me so I'd have someone to talk to. I'm sorry, what? Also, also, can I point out that the grammar in this, can I point out that the grammar in this reminds me a lot like either a preteen or teenager who's drawn this thing going, <laughs> this is funny to me, without actually studying any of the MBTI types. Even worse if they're an adult, uh, even worse if they are an adult. But uh, I digress. With the INFJs, yeah, the whole thing about like my uh, wish I would somebody have talked to, INFJs are extraordinarily social. They have a lot of people they talk to. Do they find people tiring? Yes. Do they also socialize with a lot of people? Also, yes. Are they also mistaken for being ENFJs a lot of the time? Also, yes. INFJs don't typically have this issue of I'm so lonely I wish my pet would talk to me so that I would have somebody to talk to that's not an INFJ an INFJ is trying to figure out the a dynamic of a social group or trying to help out a social group or bring about a better social standing in society or amongst their friends or whatever they may be they have goals they have people they talk to and they're typically trying to make things better for both themselves and the people they care about so the very fact that you say that an INFJ is anyways it just boggles my mind and then it's like I want to be alone for some time what introvert doesn't? What extrovert doesn't? Be more constructive with your feedback, please. Then, okay, okay. So here's here's another thing. I'm so lonely after ghosting everyone. Once again! Once Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. INFJs aren't the type to ghost people. I've already been over this. That belongs to the INFP group. And honestly, looking at this, if I'm sure you guys have read this far like faster than I'm going through it. Uh, but I am going after it point by point and you guys could laugh as you go along as I scrutinize the ever-living crap out of this. But once again, INFPs are far more likely to ghost the ever-living crap out of you than an INFJ is. An INFJ might ghost you if there is a kind of door slam situation, but like they're very clear, like they make it very clear that they're done with you. Like they just up, slam, gone. Like they're, they make it abundantly clear that they are done with your crap and they're just gone. Um, they don't ghost you per se. I mean, I'm sure there might be some INFJs who do. That's more of an INFP thing because an INFP is usually, we very, from my experience, we can be very quiet and we can appear just as easily as we disappear. 
And a lot of the times, people sometimes don't even realize that we're there in the first place. And somebody could send us a message and we're just like, yeah, I'm not going to not gonna bother responding to that. So to put that onto the INFJ already shows that they do not have an intricate idea as to what they're talking about or intricate knowledge of the MBTI system. Because once again, this entire thing reads like I'm reading somebody from um, either junior high or high school writing this, thinking that they're quote-unquote funny. Next up, we have the Am I More Like Hitler or Jesus? I Guess I Am Both. INFJs don't typically think that way. They understand that, like, so Hitler initially was kind of like what happens if an INFJ goes evil because a lot of times Hitler is often referred to as being an INFJ and his thing is like what how can happen if an INFJ goes like evil and once again not all INFJs will have a system as to what they believe will improve their society and in some aspects of it, that was kind of Hitler's goal, but in a very twisted way. He wanted to improve Germany. He wanted to make Germany more national. He wanted to do, like, all these quote-unquote potentially good things, but in a very unhealthy and twisted way with some very skewed perceptions of the world. But also, if you look at the drugs he took... It's actually kind of no wonder, Mercury being amongst uh, many of them that he took. It's, it's weird, but anyways. And then on the aspect of Jesus, Jesus, you know, often being seen as God, which is a little, like, weird to me that they would, like, put Jesus as an INFJ. But, like, if Jesus wasn't, like, I can understand where the INFJ comes from with Jesus. Uh, but I do not think that... INFJs view themselves as this, what they might see themselves as, however, is having a savior complex. Uh, Hitler had a twisted sense of a savior complex. Uh, Jesus is considered to be a savior. A lot of INFJs will want to save the people who are closest to them and help the people who, like, they want to, they have this sense of, like, wanting to be a savior or have, like, a kind of messiah complex or martyr complex of being that saint or good person, not all of them, obviously, but there's going to be this kind of, like, complex in quite a few of them, but this can also appear in ENFJs, but regardless, INFJs also have this in them where they can have a savior complex, but it doesn't mean that they're like, oh, I'm Jesus or whatever, unless they're a little... Um, they under they just understand, at least if they've studied MBTI, that Jesus is under that category for a lot of people. So then we have the lost in imaginations and overthinking. I also feel like this one should belong more with both ENFP and INFP. Um, INFJs can be lost in, in imaginations and whatever, but they start off in that land. Like, with an INFJ, and I've said this before, it's a lot like viewing the world as if they're viewing the world through a computer screen, and that's why they're able to notice the patterns and everything that goes on around them. They start off with a bunch of ideas and things, and then they narrow down to one, two, or whatever that they're doing and that they focus on, but usually they start off big and then they narrow down, whereas with ENFPs and INFPs and any knee user starts off with one thing that then exp 
expands into a bunch of other things, which is why an INFJ is so unbelievably helpful to INFPs and ENFPs because they're able to allow, like, when they listen to their ideas, they're, they're, they can narrow those ideas down or help narrow them down based on what they understand psychologically or whatever ways it is possible with those types to be like, hey, I think, you know, you'd probably live a better life or you'd probably be like, if you focused on this, you'd probably do really well or something like that. They're really good counselors. And then procrastinate on important work for personal hobby. Once again, I feel like this should belong more to ENFPs and INFPs. I mean, sure, everyone can procrastinate. It doesn't have to be just perceivers who procrastinate, even though statistically it'll be more perceivers who procrastinate than the judges. But usually an INFJ, especially if it's a group project, will try and get it done as fast as possible, rally the groups behind them, and, like, work on it. And if the group isn't working on it, they themselves usually will be. But typically they will do the whole ENFJ thing where it's like, come on guys, we can get this done. And if we get this done, we'll go out for like a drink or have some nice things or whatever. They have people's best interests at heart. And honestly, it depends on what important work you're talking about because what you may view as important work, the INFJ does not view as important work, so therefore they may not view it as important as you view it, and they may actually put something else that they view as more important above the so-called important work. So it's not that they're procrastinating, it's just that they have a better list of priorities or a different list of priorities than yours. Anyways... With that being out of the way, a lot of what was in INFJ, at least uh, one, two, three, four, four points in the INFJ should actually belong more on the INFP if we're looking at the negative side of things. But, you know, let's, let's jump over to INFP now, shall we? Before we get into their... Mm. INFP, crying while writing poetry. Oh, look, another person who... Uh, another person who believes that INFPs will draw, cry at the drop of the hat on absolutely everything and doesn't understand how INFPs work at all. Not even... Oh, my... Yes, uh, not again. The... Uh, I have written a lot of poetry. I have not cried a single time when I have written poetry. I have just gotten sucked up into the emotion of whatever it is I'm feeling. Am I feeling a bit of a kind of like a kitsune nature going on? I embrace that emotion and that feeling. Am I feeling a kind of sadness coming on? I embrace that emotion or feeling. Am I feeling a little bit creepy and disturbing? I embrace that and I write poetry on it. But not once have I myself cried over writing poetry even if you're talking about the cringe love poetry that I wrote back in high school and no I am not sharing a single one of those at all ever um it's just not happening so and even if I did even if I did I threw it away so you can't have it haha -ha. uh I, I I thought ahead on that one 
But yeah, crying while writing poetry, crying while looking at beautiful nature, crying all the time is not an INFP. Once again, INFPs typically want to like go through their emotions in private. They don't want others to see them unless they're close to them. They are typically very, very, very private with their emotions. And crying is one of the more intimate acts and more um, emotionally um, vulnerable acts that one can do so an INFP wouldn't be caught dead unless something very strongly happened on crying around a bunch of strangers or people they did not feel comfortable around usually they will try and figure out some way to leave and then take care of it so even if they have to go into the washroom or whatever now you might see an INFP sulk you might see an INFP pout you might see an INFP get angry but crying that's a completely different story altogether now there are some INFPs I'm sure who will cry but I like in front of like people that they don't know but i have not met an infp yet who cries just like <sighs> loves nature sky rainbows and pets i swear oh my word oh my word oh my word seriously did it like a like a did a did a 12 year old write this I feel like a 12-year-old wrote this. Although probably my feeling of a 12-year-old writing this is probably going to be something more akin to, you know, somebody who's like, what, 20-something writing this who doesn't understand the dynamics of MBTI at all. But still, this feels so much like a teenager. Like, or definitely with somebody with the mentality of a teenager. Because this, anyways... Some INFPs love nature, and it's not all nature that INFPs love. Yes, I love camping. Yes, there will be other INFPs who will like hiking, camping, fishing, whatever. Nature thing, whatever is out there. The sky, I mean, okay, what kind of sky are we talking about? It's, it's not... Once again, preferences, preferences, preferences. Rainbows, I mean, who doesn't like rainbows? Rainbows are pretty. You can't just put that on INFPs and be like, only INFPs like rainbows. <laughs> and pets. Once again, unless you like hate animals, a lot of people like pets. So once again... Mm, what? And then, I just want to sleep all day and be creative all night. Now, okay. 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 They got one thing on me. They got one thing on me, and that's the sleep all day bit, but it's not tip. It's not sleep all day. It's sleep all morning. I want to be awake for the afternoon. I want to be awake for the night, but sleeping all morning and waking up at 12? Yeah, by all means. Now, a lot of people, including my sister, will look at me weirdly like that, and, you know, some people are early birds and some people are night owls. I am more of a night owl. But it doesn't mean that I want to sleep until it gets dark and then go about being creative. No, no, no. It's just, you know, sleep until 11, 12 and then get along with everything else that I'm doing. So I'll, I'll give I'll give this up a, a half a point for being accurate. Waiting for the perfect soulmate still believes easily in fake promises of love. Uh, if you're young, if it's a young INFP who hasn't been jaded by the world or hasn't become absolutely cynical as crap, then yes, 
do I want the kind of perfect soulmate? Yes. Or like the true love? Yes. I am a hopeless romantic. I am waiting for that. But I do not believe in fake promises of love or any of that easily anymore. I am actually far more jaded and cynical, which uh, a lot of people might be going, who did that to you? Life, life, life is, life is what that did that to me. And life is what does that to a lot of INFPs. So welcome to life. Um, but yeah, we INFPs will be looking for like love or like true love or like the perfect love, especially for hopeless romantics. Not all INFPs do, mind you, but you know, there are also a lot of INFPs. Like there are some INFPs who don't and there are some INFPs who do. It really depends on the INFP. I just feel like a more INFPs are more hopeless romantics than not. But I could be mistaken if you're an INFP, let me know. Um, but I do not believe easily in fake promises of love. That is... Who does that? Unless they're like naive and innocent and gullible. Um, none of which I have done. And then, and then we have almost this, the same as INFJ except with, extra, with an extra dose of sensitivity. Um, you will actually see an INFJ cry more than an INFP. Uh, you will see an INFJ talk more about their feelings than you will an INFP. Uh, you will see an INFP uh, try and figure, like, talk to people about emotions and all of that than you will an INFP. Um, once again, I've already gone over the other bits that, of how an INFJ is different. I, and I'll add it on to the bits that INFJs focus in on an idea, whereas INFPs expand on an idea. And then the extra dose of sensitivity, I mean, really that depends on who you're talking to. So there's that. And then, of course, loses track of reality easily, especially if we're daydreaming. Yes, we can very well and easily become quite oblivious to the world around us or just essentially not pay attention to what's going on around us at all. And just, like, rather be in our own fantasy world. And, like, this is why a lot of INFPs suffer from escapism, including myself. Um, is that, yes, we would much rather lose track of reality because reality is depressing. Life is depressing. We'd rather be somewhere more fun and, um, we have this proclivity to daydreaming a lot, which can happen at the drop of the hat where we will just zone out and then somebody will have to be like, hello, uh, before we snap back into reality and all that. Now, let's get into the whole uh, ENFJ and ENFP bit because um, they have said nothing but nice things about ENFJs and ENFPs, almost as if they're the proper good ones out of the bunch. Um, let's start off with the ENFP for now. Rapid creativity, crackhead thought. Uh, processes and a curious mind. I mean, INFPs also have this same level of energy. You tag an INFP with an ENFP and things go wild. Honestly, if the INFP and ENFP have good chemistry, things go bananas. Trust me, I would know. It's a fun time. 
it's a really fun time, although it is can be super draining after a while for the INFP, but it's a fun time because INFPs also possess a uh, curious mind and have rapid creativity. Crackhead thought sometimes because oftentimes somebody will, will look at an INFP and go like, what? But not as much as maybe an ENFP. So this is more of a knee issue because that can also apply to ENTPs, INTPs, INFPs, and of course ENFPs. So it's not just an ENFP thing. Funny and super entertaining and mischievous energy. Also, once again, knee energy. A whole lot of knee energy because this can also apply to an ENTP. It can also apply to an INFP. It can also apply to an INTP. Like, all of these are not exclusively ENFP things. Super adaptable and easy to get along with for lots of friends. Once a freaking gen. ENFPs are... Yes, they're super adaptable. And they can easily get along with a lot of friends or a lot of people. They may not consider them friends. An ENFP may actually have very little friends, but they're good at communicating with a lot of people. Or they may have more friends than some, but not as many friends as others. Um, so what is your definition of a lot of friends uh, is really the question here. And INFPs are also extremely super adaptable. Um, so are INTPs to an extent and an ENTP. And honestly, every, any perceiver almost is like very good at adapting to new situations quite easily. And I will say that an ENFP will be easier to approach than an INFP, especially if an INFP is looking aloof or distant or not interested or has a resting B face as a lot of introverts do. But that doesn't mean that you can't easily get along with them as long as you know you're willing to approach them first and like are willing to get to know them, which, you know, an INFP will warm up to you or will adapt to you guys coming over to them unless they're a little irritated that day. But typically it is fairly easy to get along with INFPs in general as well. Popular, friendly, and excellent communicators. I feel like this is a lot of extroverts, not just a ENFP. This applies to ENFJs, ESFPs, ESFJs. Freaking slap an extrovert onto there, slap an extrovert feeler onto there, and bada bing, bada boom, you've got that. Um, so, not an ENFP exclusive thing either. I feel like this boiled down to either it being knee energy like dominant knee energy and extroverted intuition or just extroverted things in general or perceiver things in general. Uh, none of it was specifically ENFP things. Now, last but not least, the ENFJ uh, possesses leadership qualities and outgoing in age. Oh, I know what this is. This is a teenager who went on to 16 personalities and got everything they knew off of them, isn't it? And if it's an adult who did it, well, that's, once again, even worse. Um, leadership qualities outgoing in nature. Okay, typically, yes, ENFJs along with ENTJs are known to be leaders of, like, societies and etc., 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 and are fairly outgoing and, you know, they care about you and they want the best for you. And I think Tony Robbins is an ENFJ, but I could be wrong. Uh, he gives me an ENFJ vibe, but, uh, hey... I haven't watched enough of him to be able to say. 
Uh, expressive, supportive, and protective. Um, they can be supportive. Once again, that depends because they're not always going to be supportive. Especially if it's something that they're against and they're going to probably try and dissuade you from doing it. So, mm, it really depends on what it is that uh, they're that towards. And protective, I feel like that's also more of an ESFJ trait than it is an ENFJ trait. Like, will an ENFJ step in if a bunch of friends are being like hurt or made fun of or whatever? Yes. But I feel like if we're talking like coddling or wanting to protect people or like kind of running that group in that kind of dynamic, I feel like that would be more of an ESFJ thing to do than an ENFJ thing to do. An ENFJ would much rather have you learn from the experience, whereas an ENS ESFJ would rather protect you from that situation. Uh, and the ENFJ will allow it to go to a certain extent, and the ESFJ will almost immediately step in right away. ENFJs will try and see if it's a teaching moment, and ESFJ will just stop it from happening altogether quite often. Not always, but often. It depends on the ESFJ. Carry a unique charisma, I mean, I I guess, sure, why not? Yeah, sure, I'll give that to you, I suppose, I suppose. Uh, sensitive to those who feel excluded, um, I feel like this is also an INFP thing, an ENFP thing, a feeler thing in general. Yeah, I feel like this is like a feeler thing in general, who are like sensitive to those who feel excluded. And then enjoys a wild and adventurous life. I mean, okay, typically due to having extroverted sensing in their system, yes, they can have that as part of their situation. They can enjoy, like, exercising or going on epic adventures or, like, bringing about people on epic adventures and all of that. So, yeah, that can be a thing. But yikes. Just yikes. Like, this... Mm. I feel like they're, they're just like, they don't have a complete understanding of MBTI types and to essentially call them uh, something that they're not is just, I mean, yeah, they are that, but like the, the whole, the whole of this uh, was just, yeah, there's a lot of things to say and some of it is... They need to study up more on MBTI if they want to do something more accurate. With that being said, that is going to be it for this video, and I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.